Motown Philly family, you all need to know that this podcast is sponsored by The Speaker's Mechanic. The Speaker's Mechanic is a business enterprise of my co-host Jason Hall, who is a communication skills coach, and he's also a published author of a book called A Vocal Owner's Manual. He works with professionals who are looking to improve their communication skills, and I guarantee you that if you work with him, he will improve yours. Check out his book on Amazon. Again, it's called A Vocal Owner's Manual, and you will be certain once you check him out to improve and get better because here at Motown Philly, that's what we're all about, and that's what his brand, The Speaker's Mechanic, is all about. Thanks so much for tuning in, and thanks to The Speaker's Mechanic for this sponsorship. I'm glad you brought up this topic because I always stress this. I always tell people, take your time picking your partner. Don't rush because like I said before, my grandparents, the way they were, my grandpa died from cancer. So my grandpa used to take care of her, do all that good stuff. When he started dying from the cancer, of course he couldn't work, he couldn't do certain things. So my grandma had to step up, put her best foot forward. So I always tell people this, if you're gonna be with someone, they get cancer, they get sick. All these women saying, I'm not gonna spend a dime on a guy, but what happens if your husband broke his leg? What happens something happened to your husband? Do you guys not think about these things? I don't think you truly love somebody. That's why I stress unconditional love because if, like you said before, you're not gonna wipe their butt, help them when they're drooling and all that, or say he gets in an accident, that's not love to me. You can't leave when things get rough. That's when the love just starts. I want. That's why I say ride or die so much because that literally what that means. It's either ride or die. There's no option. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on? Welcome to another edition of Motown Philly. This is the 27th episode of Motown Philly, and I am super excited. It's Jason Hall with my co-host, Tim Golden. And we are so excited. Listen, I'm gushing. Listen, we have a guest for you guys today. Some of you might know or some of you might not, but this will be an introduction to those who you don't know. But I'm going to I'm going to keep that under wraps a little bit. I just before I start, I want to say a super gratitude and thank you to all those who have listened to our podcast last week where we had some somber tones, but we're coming in with some fiery tones this this particular episode. And we are uh, excited to share it with you. But we just want to say thank you for following us. Thank you for subscribing. Share us with all of your friends. Tim, let us know what's going on today, bro. Well, Jason, today the Motown Philly family is going to take it up exponentially. We yeah. have with us today a guest co-host and... You can find her on YouTube. She has 225,000 subscribers and you can find her. Her YouTube channel is It's Tay Tay, I-T-S-T-A-Y-T-A-Y-B-E-E. -E. It's Tay Tay, baby. You can find her on YouTube. She has full length videos, reaction videos, shorts etc she is a phenomenal woman who is interested she has a keen interest in men's mental health she is a men's advocate she is also on her way to being a therapist and i just want to say that the motown philly 
podcast looks a lot better today. Y'all can't see what we see, but I can tell y'all, Jason is a good looking dude, but he ain't really my type. You know what I'm saying? I'm sitting here with Jason and I are both blessed to look at the lovely, smiling face of the beautiful and incomparable Miss Taylor Moore. Tay-Tay, as you call yourself and folks call you, welcome to the Motown Philly podcast. We are so grateful to have you with us today. And thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm so excited, y'all. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, today's topic is, uh, this week's topic is romance and communication. Romance and communication, as you all know, whether you're a first-time listener, well, if you're a first-time listener, you go back and check out our previous episodes, you know that our mission here at the Motown Philly Podcast is communication, connection, and community, because what are we doing if we go through life and we can't communicate, connect, and build community with others? So this week is Valentine's Day, and it's coming up very soon, and we just want to talk... Jason, I'm so excited because I want to get a woman's perspective. Yeah, about hey, we're excited. We we about we're, about what is what is romantic to her and what romance is in the context of communication, connection, and community. So, without further ado, Taylor, one of your recent videos was a video of a guy who went out on a first date and he showed up at the date with flowers to give to his date. And he was apparently really excited, but he got kind of an icy reaction from the from his date. She, she didn't seem too excited about it. And so we live in a world nowadays where so much of the classical sort of traditional old school male practices, the chivalry, the flowers, whatever, seem to be kind of called into question or not really acceptable by a lot of contemporary women so could you give us some insight taylor what do you see i mean what what's romantic to you if if a guy likes you are flowers good is that going too far like what's your barometer for evaluating quality romance from a guy okay so first and foremost most we are all different i just want to say that um i'm not a person who likes to bicker and complain about something a man's going to give me because you have to understand this he's taking the time to pick that gift or you know go and you know spend the money on that so i think it's very disrespectful to tell a guy you know i don't like this jewelry or i don't like these flowers so me personally if he takes the time to plan a picnic for me that's an a plus takes the time to you know plan a dinner for me that's an a plus i don't care where it's at it's just the fact that he's planning a date for me tells me where to go what time to be there flowers are also beautiful too sunflowers roses whatever i think that's a beautiful gesture especially in today's society where women are saying men aren't chivalrous i don't believe that i think men are very chivalrous i just think women don't know how to accept that type of love yet Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Very <laughs> good. Very good. I love. I love it. I love it. Hey, let's just let's just get the let's just get the cat out the bag. I mean, just because people might be hearing you, when maybe one day will they go to uh, when they go to your page, they'll they'll see you. Uh, mm -hmm. Let us know. Are, are you currently uh, dating? Because I'm just just people. The people want to know. No, I'm not right now. I'm single and I've been single for a year and like two months. I'm not dating. I'm not talking to anybody like whatsoever at all. 
my my follow-up to that <laughs> my follow-up to that because i know on your platform you definitely give dating advice like you give yes. you give advice to help uh individuals who might be struggling and just don't really know where to how to begin and how to start like what are your i have a few but what is what are your top recommendations when that you that you share when looking for someone who who might be ready to date or um want to get you know get themselves out into the dating realm like what do they what should someone look for when when it says like hey i'm out here like how do i know if that person they might present themselves ready for for dating but how will how will i know how would you know if someone's really ready to date of course well first and foremost i think when you're ready to date you're going to be healed for one you're going to know exactly what you want so that means you're going to want marriage you're going to want kids you're not going to go oh i'm not healed uh, i'm scared no because you're healed already you're going to look for somebody with respect you're going to look for somebody who is a man of their word or a woman of their word um and you're going to look for somebody who pours into you just like you pour into them you shouldn't talk to people who are not talking to you for three days in a row ignoring you not texting you at all you want somebody who's invested in you and somebody who makes time for you you'll notice that i promise you especially in today's generation when people like hook up culture and don't like to you know connect well you will know when you see like especially somebody loyal from the jump only talking to you making an effort calling you that's a lot that says a lot that's good stuff right there that's, that's, that's <laughs> stuff right there, taylor because you know we live in an age where dating apps kind of kind of are sort of dehumanizing right because yeah years ago when i was coming along it's like you had to meet people through your social group your friends your co-workers and the scope of possible matches was pretty much limited by your geography right but nowadays with dating apps you could live in Miami and you could have, you could match with somebody on, on a dating app that lives in San Diego. Right. And with all these different choices, it's almost like people, it's almost like they, they cease to be people. People are turned into profiles, right? Mm -hmm. And we swipe left. Yeah. And the avatar people are reduced to some, sort of image and then they're made part of this standing inventory right mm -hmm. that's always already there so if somebody gets tired of you they can just terminate the contact or block you or whatever and so i'm wondering could you could you talk a little bit about in in your view what do you what do you see like what has been the impact of dating apps i mean are dating apps are they accurate depictions of whether or not somebody is ready to date? Because a lot of people have said, if you're on there, you're almost implicitly saying, hey, I'm ready to date. Mm -hmm. But then you get to know somebody and they say to you, well, I'm not really ready. How do you know that they're just not they just don't want to be with you, right? <laughs> I mean, that's something a lot of men, a lot of men face this problem. Like, I, I'm not ready for a relationship. And then you look up and a few weeks later, you know, she's with somebody else, right? Oh. So, I mean, I know a lot of women don't always communicate clearly. And a lot of men have to be able to walk away. Jason and I talk about this all the time. So what's what's some, what's some what's your take on, on some of this, Taylor? So first and foremost, you guys, 
as you guys know, I was raised by grandparents. So like being traditional and having that type of uh, standpoint is very different from like now. So when I see people on dating apps and all that type of stuff, oh, I don't like it because like you said, it's a dating app to be in a relationship, yet people are using it for hookup culture. And I think that's kind of like manipulative when you think about it, because if there's girls on there assuming you're trying to look for a relationship and then you you're on their hookup or vice versa, it's never going to work out. But I feel as though like I said before, you will know if somebody's invested in you. And I feel like a lot of women don't grasp this. I can speak on a woman's perspective. When you first start talking to a guy, a lot of women say, I'm going to do wife duties once I'm with him. It doesn't work that way. You work for that relationship. Then you work for that ring. So that means you cook for him. You do all the things so that he can make you his girlfriend. A lot of girls lack that. So if a guy says, I'm not into you, he probably just, or doesn't want a relationship. It's probably just you. And then he gets with a girl right after that a week later. That says a lot. That girl was doing something you weren't. I'm not saying that she's better than you, but she was just putting in more effort. Hmm. That's, that's very interesting. <laughs> Taylor, do you have any, I know you haven't been dating for a while, mm-hmm. but do you have any experiences that you, that you can probably speak on about like something that actually, so when it comes to dating, there's like this dance, right? You, it's like, especially in the beginning, it's just like when she, especially if you're using one of those apps, it's like, how do I communicate with this particular person where I'm not too much, you know, I'm not too far in and, but I'm, I'm, and I'm, so I'm kind of laid back and it's like, how do you get through the dance? Like, is that even a, is this just something where you, where you're just saying I should just be me and whatever happens happens, or do you even recommend dating on apps at all? And if, you, if okay. like, what do you, what do you do in this society, in this day and age? Okay. So me personally, if you want to use dating apps, by all means, go and do that. Me personally, I would love to meet somebody authentically. Somebody come right up to me, talk to me, things like that. I like to be courted in the old fashioned way. Um, but if you don't want to approach women and stuff like that, dating apps are for you. Um, Uh, In the dating game, at least for me, you guys, I like to be myself. I like to be authentically me. Um, I tell people from the jump, I love relationships. I love love. I love giving to my partner. And I know in the future, I want to either be married or have children. So I state that from the jump so guys know what type of woman I am. I'll even tell them I'm traditional, things like that. Because I don't want a guy to act like, oh, you didn't know what we were. You know, I'm just very verbal. And I feel like a lot of men say women play games. No, not me. I lay it all on the table for you. So you can tell me whether you want it or not. And since I'm very understanding, guys will usually tell me, you know, I'm not looking for a relationship or I really like you. No, you know, we proceed from there, but ladies can't get, don't get um, upset with what they tell you. So you have to take honesty. Like you have to be able to accept that. So if he tells you I'm not into you, you're beautiful. I just want to F don't get mad. You asked for the truth. So that, there it is. That's good advice. Mm. Uh, yeah. That is good advice. <laughs> you know, I, I see, I see these videos online and Jason and I joke about this all the time. Taylor uh, videos on YouTube, 10 signs that she likes you. And I'm thinking to myself, if you have to ask yourself, does she like me? To the <laughs> yeah, point if you looking at videos, <laughs> if you're looking at, if you're looking at the video for 10 signs, <laughs> so, hey dog, check this out. He don't like you, bro. He don't like you, yeah. Right? I mean, if you got to ask yourself that question, then you know, she's not into you. If you're not getting texted, if there's, if you're not getting called, if you're not getting a, how you doing? Yes. I was just thinking about you. I know you said you had a lot on your plate. I just wanted to see how your day went today. 
if you're not getting none of that she just ain't interested and and one of the things that and one of the conclusions i have come to recently taylor mm-hmm. is that for a lot of guys especially for a lot of red pill guys it's either or it's either we're in a relationship or i don't want to speak to you again and one of the things that i'm learning is that there's a real power in friendship mm-hmm. there is a real especially for men and especially for black men, you have to take friends wherever you find them. And I thought it was so powerful that you talked about healing because an integral part of my healing from emotional abuse has been realizing the importance of friends. You you probably know this and you'll see this the deeper you go into your studies for, for therapy, but it for me, when you heal, it isn't your therapist. It isn't just your therapist, right? It is yeah. your therapist and it's the support of your friends and your family. And so wherever you can find a friend, you need to be happy about that as a man, even if it is a woman. If if you meet somebody, if I met somebody and she's like, hey, I'm not really feeling you like that, but we could be cool. I'm not going to be like, oh, I ain't trying to speak to you no more. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop thinking of you romantically, but I can do that and we can still be friends and move forward if that's what you're really all about. So I'm not going to waste my time is what I'm saying. And I think it's important for a lot of people to understand, especially men, that it doesn't have to be an either or, right? You can be friends with someone. You might be disappointed that she doesn't feel the same way. You might be uh, disappointed that things didn't work out the way you want it. But if you can see past that disappointment long enough, you can develop a friendship. And once you put the romantic stuff behind you and you can have genuine connection with people without being in romantic relationships with them. Facts, I agree. I agree completely. So true. Taylor, my, I have a, this is a, sometimes I bring out a two prong question. Like, okay. I want to stay on healing, but I also want to talk about love and your definition of it. But first, let's start, let's, let's start with healing. Like, okay. so Tim and I are so on the train of healing, right? We're so on the train of therapy, uh, counseling, sitting with a good therapist. Like we know, and we know about finding someone who when it comes to therapy that matches who who we are that speaks to our soul that speaks to our spirit and helps us divulge or see places see the blind spots in us that helps us become better people i can see you smiling that gets that gets the juices up when it comes to becoming whole how does one know um because healing is so important and even in this day and time as much as mental health is out there and better help is out there and all and 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 we see so much on social media and about mental health especially when something tragic happens in society or in our culture but how does one know especially coming from a um a relationship that has some trauma that has some toxicity how does one know in that they they need to go to therapy and even if they sat in therapy how when when they when when they're done with therapy or when like how do I know if I'm fully healed and know I need to get out now I can get out like like how does one know is there such thing as fully healed or is there a consistent journey 
of healing that lasts throughout a lifetime how do i know when to say you know what old therapist i'm about to walk away because i some people think that they can they went to therapy once or twice and and they're good or they're okay or they got some strategies and they figured they're they can figure yeah. out the rest how do you know when you're fully healed i guess that's my my concrete question okay so one everybody's different like i said before and everybody's trauma is different there's some people who su suffer from different things um my personal thing is when you're able to maneuver life on your own and say like with me i'll give you an example i used to be very depressed like to the point where i wouldn't get out of bed wouldn't do certain things wouldn't talk to anybody if i now know when i'm like sad or upset i know to go to the gym to read write affirmations do this i'm fine now i'm not saying i don't need therapy because there are certain aspects i still do but when you know you can maneuver on your own and you're fine you should be good but that's why i always tell people don't take therapy until you're actually at rock bottom or you're actually ready because you have to pay for this and you want to invest your time in it and you want to retain all the information from your therapist as much as you can the good bad the ugly so that way you can learn they're basically like a guide for you they're teaching you how to fly so that that way you can fly on your own so like i said before it depends on how severe your um trauma is as, as for me since i'm gonna study to be a therapist i feel like i'm always gonna have to take therapy because i deal with so many people that have heavy trauma and hearing that all the time for me very empathetic i can't even cry when i talk to my you know clients and stuff so i'm like oh god so i gotta talk to somebody so i need a therapist for the rest of my life i really do feel that so um as long as you're not hurting people and you know your triggers and you know what's wrong with you and stuff you will be fine but everybody is so different i couldn't tell somebody you know stop doing therapy but can i honestly say something sure. i don't feel like um everybody will be fully healed i just feel like all that pain and all that trauma we carry it better like that baggage was heavy at one point but once you get a therapist or somebody like god or somebody to help you now you're carrying that bitch like a like you good you know and you got it so you just carry it better that's how i see it so you're always going to have it you just don't look at it as severely as you did when you were younger or when you first went through it Hence the word healing. If you have a scar yes. that doesn't go away, you still see mm -hmm. the scar, but it, it has a better has a better scab or has a better healing feature to it. I hear yes, you. exactly. So Taylor, I got I got two very practical nuts and <laughs> bolts, nuts and bolts romance questions for you. Okay, let's start. Right. And, and you right. can you can you can take them in order, and and you can tell me what you what you you know what you would say. So one of your girlfriends, right? Think of your your, your close your homie, right? Your, okay. Your road dog, right? Like this <laughs> is your girl, like she's your partner in crime, and she hits you up and she's like, "Hey Tay Tay, there's this dude, and I am really feeling him. We I met him on this dating app. We've been talking. We met. We did the coffee date." We talked. I've got to know him a little bit, and now he wants to, you know, he wants to take me out, and I'm really into him, girl. What should I do? Like, how should I? Do I let him know, or do I hold back? And so that's question one. And question two is a dude. Maybe it's maybe it's somebody you love. Maybe it's your. Do you have a brother? Tell yeah, I have a lot of brothers. Okay, so one of your brothers says you know hey hey taylor i listen i'm into this girl and i kind of like her but i'm not sure if she likes me and i you know we we talk on the phone a lot i haven't taken her out yet but i want to ask her out and i just need some advice from you what should i do should i even let her know how i really feel about her or how much i like her and if so how do i do that so with those two things, you can address it in whatever order you want. But I would like to, 
I would like for you to share with us what you would say to people in that situation, in those situations. So if it was my brother, my brothers know exactly how I am when it comes to female advice. They already know me. (laughs) Women love assertive men. Women love men that say, hey, meet me here eight o'clock at night. Um, I'll see you there. Get dressed. Wear this. My brothers know me to the T. So I would encourage him, you know, to go for it, especially if he knows the energy is reciprocated. Enjoy yourself. I feel like a lot of people forget that, like, um, don't worry about your past relationships. Don't self-sabotage. Enjoy that moment. If you have somebody that's making you feel good, they're pouring into you, go after it. Buy her flowers, take her out, court her, be sweet, show her a different type of man. And then as far as like my homegirl, yeah, I always tell my friends that if you meet a good guy, especially a guy in this generation, you better do everything you can to keep him, girl. Make him happy and enjoy yourself. Dress nice, you know, go on that date. Don't be on your phone. Um, be funny, be entertaining. Thank him for the night. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> All right. All right. That's good. That's, That's good first date advice. Good. 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 So I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to go just once <laughs> a slight level deeper. I mentioned it on my last question. So we're going to the question, Taylor, of love. Okay. Amor. And I think see amor. So <laughs> my my question is because I think every a lot of people have differences of what they consider love to be. So my question to you is, how do you know, wait, what is your definition of, of love um, in general and on with intimate partners? And, and like, how do you know if you're in love or is that a feeling? Like, how do you know if, Ooh, you know, I love this. Mm. Okay. Jay, you so, just went yeah. there, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Go ahead, Taylor, I'm sorry. So first and foremost, um, I believe love is right or die. I believe that love is kind. Um, Love is loving somebody unconditionally, everything they come with. You know you're in love with somebody when you're trying to fix yourself and make sure you're the best person you can be so you don't hurt them. You know you're in love when like, you you're cooking for them you're cleaning for them you're doing all these things that you know bring out that goodness in you um you're loyal to them you call them all the time like it's just a different type of love when you know that um ride or die i already said for sure i'm trying to think what else what was the other question that you asked me i'm sorry so the next one is how do you know when you're in love is it a feeling because mm-hmm. some people th- say it's a feeling and some people say no it's it's just a commitment or, or what is what are your thoughts about that when you get these gushy gushy feelings it's valentine's whatever how do you how do you know if you're in love so me personally um i feel like i'm a very different individual um when a guy gets close to me and i'm more lovey-dovey i'm not very affectionate so if i'm more lovey-dovey i'm more you know feminine all that you know i can tell i'm in love with somebody like i said before i'll go out of my way to buy you things i hear you talking about your car okay i'm gonna go buy you this AutoZone thing well, I know when I'm in love fully, when I start doing stuff like that, when I'm calling you, hey, what color is my, would you like my nails? Like, you just a different type of love, you know? How do you like my makeup? You go out of your way to make sure that person is happy. You'll please them in all aspects. You care about everything that comes with them. Like, you're very compassionate towards them. You won't want to hurt somebody you're in love with, I promise you. Especially, like, real true love. Oh, ride or die, like I said. <laughs> stay, there, stay there. I want to, Tim, let me, can I follow up to that one? Please, please, please. Like, go like, as, as, as you think about kind of like the words that you say, like you you want to ask and you want to do these things that please, is that something that I know that that's something, especially in the beginning stages of a relationship that, you know, two people are excited, you do things that you may not have been doing before. 
is that something that is important to you to say i need to do this through the consistency or the continuum of the relationship because we do get excited and we do get on this high and we do things that are out of character hey look at my nails how do you want my makeup um do you want it like this do you want it like that like but like is that is that sustainable to everybody or just specifically you um again at least for me i think it's like a culture thing i watch my grandma like constantly like please my grandpa he was a truck driver so she'd wake up at three in the morning make him breakfast lunch dinner have him little special salsas he's diabetic we would make him sugar-free cookies all that so when i started growing up and i fell in love oh man i'm making you meal prep i'm doing this i'm doing and it was i was with somebody for six years doing that and i never stopped so i just think it's something you have to maintain in order to keep that relationship flourishing if you want a man to take you on dates and do all those sweet things for you and be emotionally there for you and be your therapist you got to cook for him you got to love him in his love language so at least for me yes it's very consistent like oh if i love you i'm obsessed i know that's a bad word to say but jesus christ i want you on my skin <laughs> i'm being serious <laughs> i love it. love it so you know that's that's nice taylor you know one of the things that happens nowadays taylor is that the meaning of sexuality gets so distorted with by hookup culture Yes. And I've always thought that you could never hope to have a good relationship because you have good sex, but that if you have a good relationship, the sex will be good. Yeah. In other words, <laughs> sex can never be the cause of a good relationship but it will almost always be the effect of a good relationship. And I think our culture kind of has it backwards because we spend so much time putting the sex up front mm -hmm. and we put the cart before the horse really, right? <laughs> because, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, dating, assuming you're talking about dating to marry and stuff like that, you, you really have to, if you when you say that you love someone and you use this this word i think it's a powerful word that is is not used enough you use the word unconditionally mm -hmm. that means that okay it's valentine's day and that's your love and y'all love each other and all of that but when re people are in long-term relationships like marriage romance is going to ebb and flow it's going to come and go every day is not going to be valentine's day right <laughs> and and at some point i think i've always said this to myself and I, I try to think of it in these terms if heaven forbid something happened to my spouse or if i can't see myself i don't know changing this person's diaper in the event they become a paraplegic they get in a car accident something tragic happens if i can't see myself doing something like that then maybe i don't really love the person unconditionally exactly. right because if you get with a person and you're ready to be out if something happens and they can't do the things that you know normally do if there's some sort of sexual impediment or hindrance and i'm talking about because of some catastrophic accident right something that prohibits someone from doing that um one of the most beautiful things 
that you could see that is is love it doesn't really have anything to do with romance at all so i'm just wondering what what are some of your thoughts on that taylor so i'm glad you brought up this topic because i always stress this i always tell people take your time picking your partner don't rush because like i said before my grandparents the way they were my grandpa died from cancer so my grandpa used to take care of her do all that good stuff when he started dying from the cancer of course he couldn't work he couldn't do certain things so my grandma had to step up put her best foot forward so i always tell people this if you're going to be with someone they get cancer they get sick all these women saying i'm not going to spend a dime on a guy but what happens if your husband broke his leg what happens something happened to your husband do you guys not think about these things i don't think you truly love somebody that's why i stress unconditional love because if, like you said before you're not going to wipe their butt help them when they're drooling and all that or say he gets in an accident that's not love to me you can't leave when things get rough that's when the love just starts i want that's why i say ride or die so much because that literally what that means it's either ride or die there's no option i also don't believe in divorces so you better be consistent with that girl and men if you love somebody and you're getting with that person please don't promise that person things and tell them you're going to stay with them if you know damn well you're not going to have their back because that's the worst thing especially if somebody has cancer and you leave or they're sick and you leave oh that's so devastating people need love you know it's much better to under promise and over deliver than it is to over promise and under deliver mm -hmm. i used to say keep your mouth shut and your mind open <laughs> and cool. i think that goes a long way because talk is cheap yep oh wow taylor this is good stuff this is <laughs> i know i like these Listen, questions you know, I'm, I'm about to upset the whole apple cart and uh -oh. Oh, God. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to come for me all right i want you to come for me so <laughs> Tim and I have had this discussion. We've had so many discussions over over the years or so. And we often come up with our own theories and philosophy of love and relationships and things about this of nature. But what you did say um, was was for me a trigger, not a bad trigger, but it's just it's something okay. that kind of kind of put a light bulb into my head. The notion of unconditional love. Like, so let's go deeper. <laughs> let's okay. Go deeper. So my idea of unconditional love so i know that you're a woman of faith you believe in god and you believe that yes. um, like like love comes from him and things of that nature so here's the here's the thought behind my my new thinking about what uh, unconditional love is mm -hmm. i don't think i don't believe now that humans are capable of unconditional love let me tell you why let me tell you why yeah <laughs> so, um i think it's a goal and it's an aspiration mm -hmm. but i don't believe we can pull it off let me tell you why i know we do know and it says it says in scripture that god or jesus executes or has ex executed and continually executes unconditional love he looks at his people he looks at his children doing bad doing wrong sun still rises still sets still gives rain still gives still gives blessings to what whoever whatever and, and whatever blessings look like on this world but the point is this like he gives he died for us like that's that thing and regardless of what we have done what what, what marilyn manson and all this whatever <laughs> like regardless he gives us that humans tim and i have been divorced like when we both said i do we never had a vision of saying i don't anymore or we can't or this won't happen anymore but when you become in proximity with someone when you didn't have prior knowledge and these things don't go congruently over time when i say these things 
the relationship process, even though you're working at it. And it's not pointing fingers when you're on this side of, of divorce. We're not pointing fingers. You're trying to be healthy and have great communication and work through it. You have kids and all, all this whole thing, but you're just not working together because someone is different in their relationship style that is that is squelching who you are as an individual does unconditional love or say that person is just hurting you in in, in whether intentional ways or unintentional ways and then you say i no longer can do this i guess my true question is i don't we look at divorce and marriage and, and relationship when someone says no anymore like we say oh you don't have unconditional love or whether you're talking about your kid who is doing something that is against who you are and your standards and who you are as a person and they come into contact and you try to you your your disagreement you're disagreeing about the behavior but you love them as a as a person like how do you pull off unconditional love when someone is intentionally or unintentionally hurting you and and causing you not to flourish in who you're in who you are and who you are meant to be or who your purpose to be like when when love is love is great unconditional love is great when we're all walking on the same path and we're just like <laughs> yeah harmony is happening but when you begin to hurt me, like I said, whether intentionally or unintentionally, or you grow in a certain direction, like, and I am, I can't be my best person, or I understand, or I am becoming dysfunctional. Let's be honest. Let's because of because of we can't make, and you know this already. You can't make another grown ass human being do something. Like you can't make okay. them. Like you, I can't make a. I always tell Tim, you can't make an adult do something. Like. If you need therapy, I can't drag. You need to something in you needs to want to go and do and get and heal. And they, like you can't make humans, grown humans, do something. So when someone decides to make a d direction to go this way, and you're just like, hey, what what's happening? Like what is what happens to? I think our love. My point is, I believe human love is conditional. I see we, what you're saying. Because okay. we can't like unconditional love is like smack me in the face and crucify me and i'll still oh, no. love you and i'll still die i don't know human beings that pull that off like yeah i'll jump in front of a bullet for my kid and from for love just but it's just in, like in, in, in human terms we call that codependency mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. so if you if you read the bible and stuff it literally tells you to date and marry a god-fearing man no one comes perfect you know like i feel like you can hurt your partner on accident you might say some things you don't mean but think of it i'll give you an example we could both love each other right now and i can love you unconditionally you can start bombing on me like ike turner um i can still love you unconditionally and leave you but i don't need to accept that i feel like when somebody's cheating on you or hitting you or say your business is going down you're not happy your mental health is impaired you don't even feel confident with yourself anymore why should you sit in a relationship with somebody who doesn't love you unconditionally sometimes i feel it's it's not the person's fault it's a person that you're with that can be killed right out of you you loving somebody that's not for you but i still feel like you can love somebody unconditionally like i was in a domestic violence situation i love that person unconditionally whether they were depressed mad sad whatever didn't talk to me loved them through all it out once he started putting his hands on me that mm -mm, there's only so much you can take i don't want to lose my life trying to be unconditionally in love with you you have to be smart with that and who you can give that to but that's why i say love a god-fearing man and you could love somebody unconditionally 
emotionally and you both have to be on the same page like for me i don't believe in divorces so that's why i'm not just trying to date anybody i want a partner who knows hey there's no divorce there's no cheating there's no abuse and we're gonna ride this out i need somebody to be an adult and understand we're gonna hate each other sometimes i'm not gonna like you you're not gonna like me but there's no stepping out there's no getting attention and there's no hitting each other so love each other for who you are when i mean unconditionally it's loving me for the dark and ugly in me that no one else sees and then vice versa say you were a depressed person say you were suicidal things like that i would love you unconditionally for that i wouldn't just leave you because oh it's too much oh you cried in for me in front of me i can i can leave that's not it's not unconditional love to me it's during the ugly times you stay yeah so you're not saying when someone's abusive no toxic toxicity no that's and, and that's for me when i say it, it can't be I mean, you can love, like love, I think love has so many gradient levels, right? Yes. So many, so many spheres and hues of what it is. Like I, I know I'm no longer married to the person who I was, but there's some sense of love towards that person. She's the mother of my kids. And it's like, why would I want something harmful to her that to her that happen? And, she, and my kids are connected to her. I want wealth. I want wish her well. And I want her to be to, to have everything that God has for her. But I don't want bad things. I want to, you know, love her in the, in the, it's, it's different form but it's just like that when you that intimate unconditional love when someone's not when when either one of those persons are being toxic to and the other one is falling out of what they who they could be who they should be or is harmed it has that unconditional love changes and it's no longer unconditional like i got conditions you can't do that you can't do that to me you yeah. know what i'm saying that ain't happening right. i get happen. you i get you <laughs> i get you so I think I think Jason, what you and Taylor are talking about is really the importance of setting boundaries. Yes, definitely. Setting That's boundaries is is not setting boundaries is not an indication that your love is unconditional to that person. Mm -hmm. It's actually saying that you have an unconditional love for yourself. Right. That there's certain things that no matter what, I'm not going to tolerate them. So, you know, you put your hands on me. You decide you want to withhold affection from me. You yep. decide you're going to talk to me any old kind of way. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't get the benefit of being in relationship with me when I have to bear all the burdens of being in relationship with you. You know, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it just doesn't cut it that way. I, I jokingly said to myself when I was going through some things, I said to myself, here I am married, I'm celibate and I'm married. This is unacceptable. <laughs> right? I mean, if I'm going to be celibate, it's because. I'm not in a relationship with somebody and I'm not out there just sleeping around being a part of hookup culture and being promiscuous, right? <laughs> yeah. If I, I'm not going to be in relationship with somebody uh, for the rest of my life and, you know, there's no physical deformity, there's no tragic accident, there's none of the stuff I talked about earlier. You just got a headache every night. That ain't that ain't about to go down. Like stuff happens no. in relationships, like because because see if I don't if I don't pay the bills I'm wrong, right? If I decide I'm going to start putting up conditions and saying, well, you know, you ain't doing this, then I'm I'm just I just might decide to you know <laughs> stop paying the bills around here. So you <laughs> know, it's it's there's a there's so much uh, there's so much to this issue because it's there's a difference between again i think setting boundaries 
is not an indication that your love is conditional. It's just an indication that you're being healthy. And, and I think there's a way to do that without saying it's, it's unconditional. It's not unconditional love. So yeah, great, great, great questions, Jason. So Taylor, here you go. A lot of our listeners are going Valentine's day is hard for a lot of people. It's hard for a lot of people because they've been looking for love and romance and they haven't found it. And a lot of people in this day and age we live in, they see things on social media, hashtag relationship goals, and and they see all of this. And I know for me, I'm not obviously not married, not dating anyone. And for me, I struggled with this for a while and I asked myself, what am I real? What, what really bothers me about not being in a relationship? Why am I so bothered by it? And I came to the conclusion that maybe one of the reasons I was so bothered by it was I had some, un- I, I still hadn't healed completely from low self-esteem mm. because what is what's at the core of that for me was the idea that I was not enough on my own, right? The idea that I somehow need a relationship with another person to quote unquote, complete me. That's probably the one of the most toxic things I think anybody could say, because you should be whole and complete on your own. So what do you have to share with some of our listeners who may be going through the doldrums and they're thinking Valentine's day. I don't have nobody. What, what kinds of, what kinds of gems can you drop? And you are full of gems, Taylor. <laughs> you drop gems all the time. So what, what kinds of things would you say to people who might be feeling kind of down that it's Valentine's day and that they don't have a romantic relationship, but how, how do people deal with that? Okay. Um, so first and foremost, I'm with you guys on the being alone on Valentine's Day thing. For the longest, I used to be a big relationship person. And the last time me and my ex, you know, broke up, it really hit me to be single and like, you know, not learn to be on my own. I suggest everybody understand this. Learn to be okay on your own. Learn to find hobbies. Learn to be okay and like sit in your thoughts, sit in your sorrows. Don't ever blame yourself for not having a partner. Always make sure you're the best person that you can be before you even start seeking for somebody. Don't look at social media. Don't start watching all them sad videos, looking at sad movies. Take yourself out. Get your uh, hair, nice haircut, dress nice, do something, take yourself out. If you can, go out with friends. Do something so that you're not home alone. Don't put yourself in that sad mood. Read a book, do something that you might love doing, but never feel like you are alone. I always feel like, um, I don't know, People in this generation feel they need a person to to complete them, but God has got you and you can complete yourself. And once you learn that, you don't really need nobody. That's just my mindset on that, though, because everybody is different. Mm. Yeah, that's very powerful, Taylor. I know for me, once I began to and Jason and I, Jason had to help me. I call Jason my unofficial therapist, right? (laughs) Because my therapist is amazing, but Jason has helped me through uh telling me you know tim you have to start telling yourself that you are everything every positive thing that people say about you is true and you have to start believing that yes 
Well, Taylor, I tell you, I started doing that. What was it, Jason? Almost two years ago. Yeah. And and it's like as soon as I started doing that and practicing that, Jason will joke with me and he would say, "Man, you've been in the gym, man. You've been working on this thing, huh?" And I really have, and I I really have begun to believe in myself and accompanying that belief in myself is a is a very healthy sense of contentment at being me just being who i was made to be doing what i'm supposed to be doing and i i told somebody today i told a friend of mine today i said don't forget that you had a purpose long before anyone else had an opinion so forget about (laughs) forget about what the world thinks about relationships and she ain't with nobody or he ain't with nobody i knew it wasn't gonna work out for them and this and that you just forget all that and just just be who you are and and so jason i want to thank you for sharing that little tidbit with me a couple years ago because you remember it was i was struggling there man and my man helped me out so it's uh you'd be surprised at what you can accomplish when you become content with yourself and when you fall in love with you exactly i like that mm-hmm. i got some I, I, there's a, there's always questions that are that i have to 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 kind of to dig in a little deeper um i'm gonna i'm just gonna say it. i'm just gonna go out there okay? <laughs> just say it jay <laughs> When when it comes to our contemporary times and days such as uh, more so than that Tim and I grew up in, when you call yourself a Christian or a Jesus, Jesus follower, I'm not sure how you call yourself. I call myself a Jesus follower. The um, what is Christianity in this world? Um, but my my question is this is Valentine's Day. When you think about what sex in relationships used to look like i'm talking about pre pre pre-marriage sex right like what is your true take and understanding and how's that weigh in with what you studied and know know from the bible and when it comes to like sharing yourself with someone else prior to a a long-term commitment that looks like marriage or is marriage like what do you feel like it's a prerequisite and how does that jive with with did i say jive uh with the bike yeah. um yo talk to us on that taylor what's up what's um so as far as like the whole giving your body up and stuff if you're a god-fearing woman or a god-fearing man you do what you want but we all know you should make the person wait a little bit and it's not like a teaser or none of that type of stuff it's just you want that person to build respect for you get to know each other i don't want a relationship based off of lust so i personally don't believe in sleeping with somebody on the first night i don't like any of that type of stuff so i'd want the person to invest in me court me us both go out get to know each other like i said before cook clean do all the wifey duties to get that but as far as like intimacy too soon, oh, the whole hookup culture thing to me is just a. Uh, you guys been seeing the STD rates and all that are just skyrocketing. It's syphilis on its fucking. It's high up there. I'm good. You nobody want bubbles on their mouth. But no, I'm looking for stability <laughs> and a partner who will, you know, at least wait a little bit. I'm not saying like a whole year or two. At least not for me. But I definitely want that person to wait. Want to love me a little bit more before you know, just getting the starburst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know it's rough out. It's rough out there in them streets because what people are doing is they are looking for pleasure without responsibility, mm. and that's the problem. I think that in the Christian tradition, 
we make the mistake of, because the thing that we call marriage today is very different from what marriage was like in Bible times. Taylor, he about to draw some gems. Watch out now. <laughs> So today, so today when we today when we talk about marriage, we're talking more about a civil ceremony in which people have property rights that vest and they have domestic rights under law, under domestic relations law and family law. But that has very little to do with love. Yes. It, to me, fornication the Bible prohibits fornication mm-hmm. or sex outside of marriage, but the kind of marriage that the Bible is talking about is very different than the kind of marriage that we have today. So that today you have people who are legally married, but and maybe having a sexual relationship, but who are spiritually fornicating. Because you might not be in love with that. But we have my point is we've conflated love with marriage. And I think the two things are very, very different. It's quite possible to have a couple that never got legally married, but who stayed together in love with one another and have a relationship of physical and sexual intimacy, which is much healthier than two people who get together they have a big wedding all their friends and family they get married and they cared more about the wedding than they did the marriage and they look up and they've been sleeping with each other for a few years and they realize that they don't love one another the latter couple is actually fornicating we talk about the unmarried couple living in sin there's a lot of married couples who are living in sin because they conflated love with marriage, but the two things are very different. So I don't know. What do, what do you think about that, Taylor? Um, I think the new generation of dating is very different. I mean, marriage is different. Like, uh, everything is about how much the dress is going to cost. How much are we going to spend on this? It seems like a business transaction. And like, when I hear women say, I just want a man that makes a lot of money. You never said you want a loyal man. You never said you want a man who loves you, who's disciplined or stable. So you're getting with this person that you don't truly love, wondering why it ends in shambles and you want to take everything he's got. How is that love? How can you say you love somebody if you take everything they got, strip him from his kids, all that. The way people view marriage, I don't think in a non-disrespectful way, if you never seen good quality marriage or good quality relationships, how can you dictate things and like see love if you don't believe it exists? So when you go into this blindly, it's never going to work. You have to have faith in that type of stuff. And if you're listening to all these other people whose marriages aren't working, seeing these couples who aren't working, you're not God fearing and going like in a good direction. Oh, it scares me to be marriage in this day and, uh, day and age because of the way people are like nobody right. wants a loyal partner everybody wants to just take what they can from each other hate each other and then divorce nobody wants to be loyal and work things out anymore like what's the whole point of divorce why do we get married in the first place i thought we signed like an oath to stick this out right i don't believe in divorces you guys so the divorce rate is high right now with 80 percent for women and one in four marriages is sexless why are you guys wanting monogamy and making a man get married if you're not going to please him it's all going downhill. <laughs> right. Well, here's here's the thing that's really going to make people angry, right? And when <laughs> I say this, a a a heterosexual couple mm-hmm. who gets legally married and doesn't love each other, their marriage 
has the same level of theological or spiritual legitimacy as a same-sex couple. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you're married and you're legally married and you don't love each other, you don't have any business having sex because there's no love because you just want pleasure. You want the pomp and circumstance of the wedding, but you don't want any of the responsibility that comes along with the love and care that you're supposed to have for another person. So we have a lot of people in, in church communities and, you know, in black churches and so forth, who will come out and jump up and down and complain about same sex couples. But if you're a, if you're a heterosexual couple and you're getting married and there's no real love there and you're just getting married because the church has told you to do it and this is what you feel like you have to do and all your friends and family have been invited, then that's not a good situation. So I've always thought that fornication is the separation of sex from love as opposed to the separation of sex from marriage. And I think those two things are different in the world we live in nowadays. I agree. So somebody, somebody's getting ready to stone me right now, but that's cool. It's all. And <laughs> <laughs> dropping gems. Uh, Taylor, I'm going. I'm coming in for another one. Okay, go ahead. You're, first of all, you're you're excellent right now. I mean, you you have two guys just just asking questions. Uh, and Taylor's just killing it, man. <laughs> Thank you. Just asking Absolutely. questions about love Absolutely. and relationship. Love it. Absolutely. And you just hear like, I got y'all. I got y'all. These are my thoughts. These are my opinions. These, this is what I'm thinking. This I got a question for y'all too soon. Okay, right. good, good, good. That's right, girl. Yeah. <laughs> bring it back, bring it back. And hold um, up. Let me just take, let me just say this right here. For those of y'all who are listening and just drinking in, imbibing this content, yeah. this is what we bring y'all at Motown. <laughs> this is what we do. I'm yeah. sorry, Jay. I just had yeah. to say yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> So, listen, Taylor. Let's this. This is a. This is God forbid. But this is. This could be a. This could be a very real scenario. Okay. You find that dude, right? You 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 find him. You meet him. You get to know him. You you have conversations with him. You you love him, and you and he loves you, and you too. You two tie the knot. Y'all get married, and it's and it, this is what you want to do. And you know how you are. I'm coming into this thing with guns blazing. We tear <laughs> up the world because we about to build and create. Tell, and like I said, God forbid. What happens when this man who you married wakes up and says he doesn't want this anymore? or he cheats or something doesn't this is this this because we we're talking about human beings like yes. people can all often be self-righteous and be pious and be like yo i never do this and i never do that and as soon as they say i never that they almost condemning themselves because it's gonna it's, it could happen it, it just can um so my question is you're not you're in your brain you you and in your heart i'm not trying to get a divorce but someone has brought something to your table that you never expected they're, they're, mm -hmm. from from all intents and purpose they're a healthy creature they're a healthy human being they don't have any, any maladies or, or diseases 
but they're just like, I don't want this anymore. Or they stepped out on you and you have these, you have this, this ideal in your head to be like, nah, I'm still, we still, I'm, we about to, but they're, 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 they're pivoting. Like what does, what, God forbid, because God forbid, but that this, we in life, we're not computers and we all, you know, we all have all free will agents and we all get to make a choice. What happens when that, that comes to your, to your doorstep or it comes to your feet and that situation is before you, how are you navigating? What does that look like to you? What do you, what's going on? So, um, thank God I've been through some of these situations minus the marriage part. It's kind of hard because I said, I don't want to get divorced. And that's a lot. Like, that's a really good question. Cause that's a lot. We are human. My biggest thing is, does my partner come to me ahead of time and let me know, Hey, this wasn't, I wasn't feeling this. Or did they just blatantly cheat? Because if you just cheated on me and say, I found out and you didn't tell me, how can I trust you? How can I want to continue this? Because at any moment you could have said, Hey, you weren't doing X, Y, Z and we could have fixed it. But if you just go and cheat on me, you're not even giving me the lead way to fix things or be a better wife. Especially if you step on the marriage, the whole world knows our neighbors know you embarrassing me. Like how am I supposed to go about that and not get upset? And I am like that where I want to work things out and I want to like, you know, be giving and loving and you know, what did I do wrong? But oh, man, cheating. That's a really good question, man. Cause I no, feel like I have to answer yes not- or no. Cheating is a lot, man. Cause it's very devastating. And as we talked about healing and mental health and stuff like that, you're showing me F you to my mental health. If I've already been through cheating before my past and that's my deal breaker, the fact that you would even blatantly do that to me, how rude. That's like a man saying, don't ever throw things in my face. The moment we get in an argument, I'm throwing up your mom on your face. That, that's how's that love so you knew the one thing that was going to create the ptsd hell no nah. uh god that's a lot man i wouldn't uh does he love the girl what's going on i don't know i don't think i could accept it man because i can't look at somebody the same after they cheat it's just it's a different ball game for me i don't have that in my heart anymore i get the ick i never get that unless you cheat literally you can cry in front of me you could whatever i'll love you regardless but the moment you cheat ugh, you don't even look the same to me no more Walk what about- what about the story in the Bible, Tay? What about the story in the Bible? Who who, who was it who um who married who God told or who married the the harlot or the whore or <laughs> the harlot? And she it was, was it was it was Hosea. It was Hosea, Hosea. and his his wife's name was Gomer. Hosea married because God was like, "Yo, you gotta get married, bro, and you gotta marry you gotta marry this 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 female." But this female, she was out. She was doing her thing. She was tricking. She was a she was a prostitute. She was a prostitute, and but that's who that was who God had for her. And guess what? He she went out, and she was cheating. She was a prostitute, and he went. You know what he did? He went and he went to go get her, and he consoled her, and he said, "It's all right. Let's work. Let's work this out." And then he she was like, "All right, let's 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 be a family." They had kids or whatever. And then she looked around to the left after a few days, and then she kept. Then she stepped on out again. And, God, <laughs> and then Gomer was, uh, uh, Jose was like, "Yo, this is." God was like, "Go get your girl." So he went back out to the club. She had, you know, she was drinking or whatever. He got her. Was like, you know, maybe she was with a man, and brought her back home. Was like, "Yo, man, we we got to get better. We got to like." He did that. He did that countless times. 
isn't cheating a sin if my husband loves me like i said before cheating's a sin if we're going under church and all that you made a promise to me you made a commitment and if you're not a man of your word how can i trust you you're the leader so you're leading me into what chaos you think that i'm gonna be happy after you cheat on me i don't want your food i don't want your slutty money none of that i don't even want you looking at me <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, with, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah, family. cheating is devastating. You got to think about that. You really, you didn't think about me at any point in time. You was feeding that bitch all this food, hey, taking her out, tipping every now. Hey, no. you're not trying to be divorced though. Like you don't want that on the resume. Like <laughs> I, know, I don't want to be that woman that's like, this is my sixth wedding, y'all. And everybody's like, okay, Tay. No, I don't want to experience <laughs> that. I don't want to experience. I mean, no that. one wants that, but no one wants to be cheated on consecutively yeah. or once even. Well, and, well. And in fairness to the story of Hosea, that is supposed to be a metaphor. I love it, Tom. For, I'm with it. For God's broken heart over a people that keep making him promises and breaking them and that keep committing adultery on him. That's what that is okay. supposed to, and it's supposed to be a way to communicate for God to communicate how bad He feels by putting it in human terms. And Tay, coming full circle, He's the only being that can pull that off. You just proved that point right there. Like we're not built for that. He is, and it's just like that's why that's why we come to Him. And be like, yo, we're just not worthy, but I love you anyway. Yo, human beings, we can't pull off that unconditional love. When you act up, when you when you when you when you shit on me, like we can't, that can't happen. Like it's it can't like we can't take that level of deep, profound hurt and pain that you are causing me. Goodness, but it's crazy to know that. Uh that yo you you're right we're not trying to get divorced but bro we ain't trying to get jack we're not trying to get that level of pain we, we can't suffer it and i ain't trying to look dumb especially with my platform and stuff all the shit i be talking hell no nah. my man's out here cheating he'll make me look dumb as hell and then getting married to him on top of that i would be devastated especially if i found out through social media oh man hell yeah. no nah. i'm jumping off a balcony i ain't gotta make a decision then Mm -mm. So going back to your, <laughs> your previous thing. So what's your idea about what's your idea about divorce? Like you don't believe in it, or you believe in it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Let me let me come to I'm just asking. If we got kids, man, I'm not doing the single parent household thing either, man. I think that's dumb. I mean, listen, life happens. This is all I. This it does, but like does your life, partner really wait? Wait, does your partner really love you if they cheat on you? If they put you through that, knowing that's like the one boundary you have, that's like you saying you don't want to be hit, but I smack your glasses off your head. You gonna stay with me? You no. Can't have, I don't think we can have revisionist history as we love each other. We're congruent. We're 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 marching together. Now we're we are in something called marriage or co long term commitment, and then one messes up and you look back you don't you you never love me i don't think we can erase all that stuff that was true you have to look at the human where he is right now what is going on or why did that happen or it did happen and i'm i can't we, how do we erase love it, it, yeah. it is what it is so so let me just let me just jump in here and because now we're talking about we're talking about extremes right I think it's perfectly legitimate for Taylor to say, on one hand, I don't believe in divorce. And on the other hand, say cheating is too devastating for me and this relationship is over. Because when a, I, I think, and Taylor, you can, you can correct me if I'm wrong. 
I think that when Taylor says she doesn't believe in divorce, here's what she means. I ain't about to go to the courthouse and file no papers because you got on my nerves. Yes. Like, I'm not I'm not about to do that, right? Yeah, and, I don't want to do that. Because here's the reality, and I think and I think Taylor understands this crystal clear. When we get married, you know you're marrying another human being who is imperfect, just like you. Yes. And so you know when you get married, you sign up for putting up with all of your partner's imperfections. What you don't sign up for is a serial adulterer. What you don't sign up for is somebody that's going to beat me upside my head. What yeah. you don't sign up for, if you're a man, is somebody who's either going to beat me upside my head or emotionally and psychologically abuse me, right? You don't sign up for those things. So you can say, I don't believe in divorce, but you can also have certain boundaries that say, hey, you know, I have my I have my limitations and this is where they are, because here's the reality. You're going to you're going to disappoint your partner. It's inevitable. You know, I yeah. mean, I, you know, you marry someone, you're going to let that person down. That person's going to let you down just because you get let down doesn't mean you go file for divorce. Right. I mean, you got women nowadays. You said 80 percent of divorces are filed by women. So yes. you got a lot of women filing for divorce because of, you know, over her career or she doesn't like the way he looks or oh. quite turn her on. And that's all frivolous nonsense, right? That's not good for anything but fertilizer. So <laughs> I'm, with, I, I'm with you, Taylor. I can see how you can say, I mean, what you basically saying is, you know, my man ain't going to divorce me because I burned the eggs for breakfast this morning, right? Yeah. I'm going to make mistakes. Is that what you're saying? Don't let Tim put words in your mouth. I, I'm not. I, 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 I'm not. I'm saying. We don't want him to speak for you. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking for Taylor. I, Taylor, am, am I, am, do you agree with what I'm saying? Or, or Yeah, I, I don't want to. Like, my biggest thing is when I love somebody, like I said before, like, I really love hard, you guys. I don't, I don't like the breaking up thing. I don't like the leaving the person. And I'm not going down to the courthouse signing those papers. That To me, abandonment and all that is so severe i don't like that uh, i don't know my last option is not to do that it's to work things out so i'll try my best but if my partner's beating me upside my head i can't do it i'm sorry i ain't signing up to be tina i can't do it yeah. so, so, so taylor let me ask you this you said you had some questions for me and jay what yes i do i do actually you got for us go ahead so, i got a question because i got two men here so this is perfect so Men say that they want a girl with a low body count, things like that, to respect herself. How come when men come across those type of women who don't want to put out on the first day, why is it that they say, if you're not giving me none, you're not interested? Girls will do things with guys they're interested for or make exceptions, but in all reality, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with their morals and standards. So why is that? I don't get it. We can't have a low body count, but then mess around with everybody we come across and date. You see what I'm saying? So why do guys say things like that, but it's contradicting? Can I go on this one? Yeah, Please. go ahead. Go ahead, um, boss. Yes. First of all, I think, Tay, great question, right? And I think it's kind of similar to what you said. Everybody isn't the same. Mm. Like, the culture that we live on, live in, like, there are individuals who have that mindset that because we date, because we went out on our first date, it's a license to be like, yo, let's hook up, let's let's have sex, or let's let's 
you like me, I like you. What's prevent what's preventing us from from, you know, doing the nasty? I said that. (laughs) The, The point the point is, I think everyone is different and it depends on the quality of man that you're meeting. I think a man that you're meeting who who says to you or who you say to them, yo, I'm not trying to do this on the first day, maybe not even the second day. I would really want to get to know you, have some level of trust and confidence in you, understand who you are as a person and and to have you know who I am as a person so you will understand if we go to a level that's deeper, because that's a more emotional level, not just physical, like you understand who I am and I understand who you are and you're not you it, to know your plans and your thoughts and all these types of things like and that person once you say that to that person he should be able to understand to be like like you want a man to have some type of integrity some type of character some type yes. of ability to have willpower and patience like i don't think it should be extreme but i also don't believe that it should be nothing either like to listen to Tim and I is we never want to ride on extremes. When someone's riding on extremes and you, you first date, they like no, you tell them no, and they're mad or they just they're yeah. dismissive. Like you already know the quality and the character of that person. Like you want to have someone that has some type of willpower, that has some type of level of patience and understanding, empathy, compassion to be like, yo, I get that. Like you ain't trying to have the the body count and you want to get to know me and you want to trust me like I, I really let's be honest yeah we're vibing let's see where this goes before we do that like we're both worth it it's not just like i'm worth it and i'm trying to vet you but like let's like let's let's see let's see how we can better understand each other so i think it's the quality of person that's coming to you with the demands of saying hey, yo it's the first day let's get it let's let's get it as opposed to you sharing your views and them like, no, nah, I get that. Like, yo, you, you not trying to be every, for every date you go out on, you got to be with them. Nah, don't, cause yeah, um, that, that, that can't happen either. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I right, mean, it, 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 that's right. I mean, I think, listen, Taylor, that's a great question because a lot of men, you can talk about anything in the abstract and you can say, I want a woman with a low body count. And you can say that without thinking through the implications of what that means for you at the, at the concrete level of Mm -hmm. I've taken you out to dinner. We've had a great time. You, she looks absolutely gorgeous. And I asked to come in and she says, no, I don't want to do that. In that moment, a lot of guys get caught up in the moment and it's the, it's it's how they're how it it might they might be caught up in what she looks like maybe to them she's extremely beautiful and they let the moment outweigh the broader concerns that they have and they forget Mm -hmm. in that moment that wait a minute if she's gonna do this with you she's probably done this with other dudes too so Mm -hmm. I, if I really want a low body count, I have to think through the implications of what that means because we can, we can talk about talk is cheap, but if you're going to, if you're going to implement that principle and have be a man of integrity, then you have to be prepared to take her to her front door. And no matter how good she looks, 
be prepared to say I had a great time and thank you and I can't wait to see you again and you have a good night and just turn around and walk away or give her a hug or kiss on the cheek or maybe a peck on the lips whatever whatever the moment calls for right you know you got to be able to read the moment you got (laughs) you got to feel the moment so you don't want to put your hand out for a handshake if she's leaning in right but you don't want to ask to come up and come into her place if it's clear that that's not what she wants so you have to judge and be able to read the moment and evaluate what's happening and i think if you can do that then you can and if you can think through the implications of what you're saying you can truly be a man of integrity in that moment i like that that's a good answers good answers give us more give us more what else you got yeah Taylor, okay. what else you got, um, girl? i have another one so a lot of men like to say that um it's a woman's role to cook and clean all the time do you believe it's a woman's role to cook and clean i truly don't believe that because hypothetical say if i pass away and die and we have kids who the hell's gonna cook and clean for our children do you think they're gonna be two years old making uh, waffles and bacon no so do you believe that like there's certain roles for men and women that are too like they put too much roles on the gender roles i don't believe in that i think that you should just help each other because you're a partner your your teammates yeah so I, I, I i'll jump on this one I, I, taylor i was married for 19 years oh wow and i was with my ex-wife for a total of 21 years we dated briefly wow. and we dated for about three months i asked her to marry me and then and we were engaged for two years we had no sex before marriage we got married and we were married for 19 years my divorce was final 34 days before what would have been my 20th wedding anniversary so i was with her a long time and jason can tell you because i met jason when i was we, we, we were both married when we first became friends i did just about all of the cooking and cleaning in my marriage and it was never a problem for me and I never saw it as a problem because the flip side of it was I used to have a bad reaction to spring hay fever so I was allergic to grass clippings I mean if I would mow the lawn I would be due to get a sinus infection for sure. So when I was married, my ex-wife mowed the lawn and I was coming to the door saying, honey, come on in. It's dinner's ready. Dinner's on the table. So there's a real reversal, right, of gender roles in that example. She was doing an activity that's typically associated with something a man would do. And I was I would cook and I would clean what i what i will say is there's nothing wrong with reversing the gender roles as or having the gender roles be somewhat fluid as long as it is genuinely fluid and organic in the relationship for me i discovered when i was in when i first started therapy that the reason that i was cooking and cleaning was very toxic because I was trying to win my ex-wife's approval. I was trying to get her. I was, I was badly codependent and I was trying to get her to approve of me. 
And I thought that the more I did for her, the more she would respond with what I was hope would be love. And that never happened. So sometimes I wonder if, so again, you know, there's nothing wrong with, uh, of with having fluid gender roles or in, in the marriage, as long as it really is genuine, as long as it's not done in some kind of bizarre codependent manner in a way to try to get somebody to love you because that's what it was for me. And that was very unhealthy, but Jason will tell you, Jason's Jason's eating my food. I love to cook. I love to be in the kitchen. I cook, I bake. I mean, I do it all. I don't do it so much anymore because I live by myself and I'm not married anymore. And yeah. I live, I live in a small town in Southeastern Washington state. So I'm not always around people like that, but you know, I, I love to I love to be Thinking in the kitchen because I think it's great. So, <laughs> um, my my answer is 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 very is similar to that, if not the exact same. Like, I think um, when it comes to relationships, um, gender roles, especially in this day and age, have come more to what is a midpoint to where I think two healthy individuals who are in a relationship and want to maintain some level of equilibrium and balance, like certain, cer there are certain individuals that do things that are quote unquote domestic um, that have certain strong points. Like, and if I'm killing in a kitchen, if I kill it in the kitchen, like, and you maybe you say it's you and it's just like, yo, um, like, isn't this supposed to be my, no, like, let's, let's have a conversation. Like, you know, this podcast is, is, is predicated on communication and connection. So you have to have, you have to have this level of communication to be like, what are we going to do? What do we feel comfortable with? And don't worry about it. I got the garbage, but you know, and maybe she takes it out on one given week, but it's not like, no, nah, I didn't, you don't have to do that. I got it. But she wants to do like, yo, we'll stop it. And like, and so it can go back and forth as long as you have a spirit of giving. And I think Tim and I often talk about the word reciprocity. Yo, that's an under, underused word. Like I remember Lauren Hill, she, she talked about, she, she sang about it in one of her, um, one of, what's the name of that song? Tim's memory's crazy. What's the name of that song, Tim? Get some reciprocity. That that was it was it from her was it from her her album it was from miseducation definitely oh miseducation of lauren hill yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, reciprocity and relationships like it that's important to understand that there is a healthy and fair give and take and when things are a little bit unfair and especially and you'll feel it no whatever that is one will feel it but if you have the ability to come out of your face and express tones and 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 feelings about hey this is this doesn't feel whatever and you have somebody on the opposite side of you is is able to receive and take and nurture and then say hi right, what what do we so tim and i often say this one thing like relationships like we should take the word though this is my bar we should take the word compromise um out of out of relationships because when you think about compromise you think about a I used to watch like spy shows or whatever, and it's like my phone has been compromised. It's it doesn't work. The the enemy is the enemy has got got me or whatever. It's like when you think about compromise, that's a negative connotation on something that has happened. 
And when you think about compromise in relationship, you in a lot of ways, one typically squelches who they are and their goals, their dreams, their ideas and, and aspirations. And that could be something to where over time that could diminish one person, especially if the, if the dynamics are are more dominant to one and other. Like compromise is not often a good terminology to use. But when you use the word negotiate, negotiate a better way. When you think about business and you're into business now and because the things that you do, it's like negotiate is win win. You come to the table, you have a conversation. And it's like, how does this sound for you? How does this work for you? This sounds good. This sounds fair. This feels good. This feels fair. Let's negotiate a better way forward as opposed to like, let's work on compromise. You compromise. No, compromise to me means squelching myself. I had I have visions, I have goals, I have ideas. And it's like, I don't get to do them now. And I gotta walk, I gotta walk the other way. So it's just like. <laughs> um understanding and relationships let's come together and have that conversation let's have that communicative talk i like that those are good answers yo you can good answers. you can you can use that on the youtube on the youtube <laughs> and uh, oh, i got why? any more questions for me well no i just i'll just say along this last this last point taylor that uh one of the things people have to be careful about even if you marry a person is that you actually love that person and that your relationship is not based on limerence. Yep. Which limerence is basically infatuation on steroids for our listeners. And it feels like love, but a person who is limerent is directed toward what's called a limerent object, who is the other person and they're craving the reciprocity that Jason was talking about, but the reciprocity never happens. Mm -hmm. And so you end up bending over backwards, doing backflips, moving heaven and earth for this person, and you never get anything back from them. And that is not love. That's limerence. It can be a symptom of codependency. So. I just want to say that there's a lot going on there, but Taylor, listen, all good things, Jay, all good things must come to an end. And I am, I'm, I'm feeling sad right now because oh. I, we've had Taylor on and Taylor, I just want to thank you so much for being such a gracious guest and co-host with us we you know you know we're going to have to have you back again you know I'm we're going to anytime you let have me know. you have you back again and and join us and jason i know you want to thank taylor too so go ahead man thank thank taylor hey, for being hey 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 <laughs> listen yo um we we're we're grateful we're grateful and we're appreciative of your time listen time is our most valuable asset and you spent a little bit of an hour or more with us sharing uh, your heart sharing your thoughts um sharing things that you're passionate about and we do not take that for granted so the space that we held together on this at this time you know um we're we're forever grateful and if you so choose to to, to come hang out with us again yo we'd love to have you yeah. of course we yes. have questions so yes, you're doing really you're doing great things out there educating uh, the masses, men and women, about uh, what's out there and how to how to navigate this world better in relationships. 
I would I, I'll save it for next time, but I would love to to break down what communication is, and we can do that next time. What communication means to you and everyone all they often talk about how do what's the key to relationship it's communication and that we just throw that around and it's still half of the half of the population is still getting divorced um and yep. but we say that we say the answer in plain sight like if the answer is in it's communicate well why why are we not getting it right so we can pick that up later but yo we appreciate you that's what i'm trying yep. to say and thank Taylor. you so much for having me guys i definitely will be back and just to leave a cliffhanger the reason why relationships don't work it's not just communication it's comprehension so i'll just say that before our next time oh, I like so let me well, know that's a bar I like that. that's a bar there is no there is no communication without the ability to receive yep. message what do we you just, yes. you yes. just oh man yo yo that's fire yo <laughs> taylor listen tell <laughs> Tell the Motown Philly family who may not know you uh, where they can find you on social media because, of course, we want to promote all the great work that you're doing. So tell folks where they can find you on social media. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter, YouTube. Um, it's Tay Tay Baby. Um, you'll spell it. It's T-A-Y-T-A-Y-B-A-Y-B-E. And then my Instagram is It's Tay Tay Baby, but with three E's. And I would tell you my TikTok, but... They ban me every day. I'm making so many TikToks, like my 20,000 TikToks. So just find me on there. You'll find me. I promise you. <laughs> Jay, Jay, where can they find you, man? You know, you can find me on Instagram primarily at um, the speakers mechanic at the speakers mechanic. I'm other places, but listen, come check me out uh, uh, and follow and do those great things. Tim, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ. And you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life are certain, y'all. Death, taxes, and I am the only black man in Walla Walla, Washington named Tim Golden. I guarantee it. I like that. And so you can you can find me there in Walla Walla. The city so nice had to say it twice. <laughs> so we are we are just we just want to tell y'all and, and Taylor, we want you to maybe tell some folks uh, in in your social media communities that we have a Motown Philly podcast Facebook group where we want people to go in. We're going to go in and and we're going to talk about you in this episode and all the great gems. So it's just a place for people to come and and it's a place to go beyond the show beyond the episode right so if people have comments or questions or criticisms and they want to talk more and engage more we try to do that there so folks who are listening listen motown philly podcast facebook group go in there and we hope to we hope to continue the conversations there and this is episode 27 if there was ever any doubt about motown philly understand that today this brand went up exponentially because of the presence of our lovely, lovely co-host, the beautiful Miss Taylor Moore. Tay-Tay, Taylor, thank you again so much. And we will catch y'all next week on episode 28 of the Motown yeah. Philly podcast. Love you, Taylor. And we Love out. You too. <laughs> Love you guys. Peace. Yeah. Peace. <laughs> well, this month, as you all know, it is Black History Month, and it is time for the Black History Month spotlight here at the Motown Philly Podcast. Last week, we were 
honored and humbled and privileged and blessed to share a little bit about the life of Barbara Jordan. And this week's Black History Spotlight is Paul Robeson. Paul Robeson was born April 9th, 1898 in Princeton, New Jersey. He was the son of a former slave turned preacher. He attended Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, where he was an All-America football player. Upon graduating from Rutgers at the head of his class, he rejected a career as a professional athlete and instead entered Columbia University. He obtained a law degree in 1923, but because of the lack of opportunity for blacks in the legal profession, he drifted to the stage, making a London debut in 1922. It, legend has it that Paul Robeson left the legal profession in part because a white secretary at the New York law firm where he worked refused to take dictation from a Negro. After leaving a career in law, he joined the Provincetown Players, a New York theater group that included playwright Eugene O'Neill and appeared in O'Neill's play, all God's Chillin' Got Wings in 1924. His subsequent appearance in the title role of O'Neill's The Emperor Jones caused a sensation in New York City in 1924 and London in 1925. He also starred in the film version of the play in 1933. In addition to his other talents, Robeson had a superb bass baritone singing voice. In 1925, he gave his first vocal recital of African-American spirituals in Greenwich Village, New York City, and he became world famous as Joe in the musical play Showboat with his version of Old Man River. His characterization of the title role in Othello in London won high praise as did the Broadway production in 1943, which set an all-time run for a Shakespearean play on Broadway. Increasing political awareness impelled Robeson to visit the Soviet Union in 1934, and from that year, he became increasingly identified with strong left-wing commitments while continuing his success in concerts, recordings, and theater. In 1950, the U.S. State Department withdrew his passport because he refused to sign an affidavit disclaiming membership in the Communist Party. In the following years, he was virtually ostracized for his political views, although in 1958, the Supreme Court overturned the affidavit ruling. Robeson then left the United States to live in Europe and travel in countries of the Soviet bloc, but he returned to the United States in 1963 because of ill health. Robeson appeared in a number of films, including Sanders of the River in 1935, Showboat 1936, Song of Freedom also in 1936, and Proud Valley in 1940. His autobiography, Here I Stand, was published in 1958. Paul Robeson died on January 23rd, 1976, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Folks, that is a life well lived. 